So the Rockets completely get absolutely demolished in game four of this series. And it's pretty much over for the Rockets. I know that I'm a little bit late on this topic. I was was very tired uh, the night watching this game. Really just didn't have the energy to really do anything. Didn't have the energy really to even talk about this game because it really just frustrated me that much. And I'm not a Rockets fan, but... You know, if you if you are a Rockets fan, you have to be pissed. You have to be absolutely upset. I mean, it's just unacceptable on really how your team played. Um, really, to start off, I mean, for one, you know, Harden had a really bad night. He was absolutely just, you know, non-existent pretty much throughout the whole game. He got he only had you know eight. I think he had seventeen or eighteen points in the game, and sixteen of those points came from the line. So he was not hitting threes. He wasn't really getting anything going, um, and the and the thing is, is that the Rockets really are not adjusting to how the Lakers are playing. You know, in, in game uh, one, the Rockets really took advantage of uh, the Lakers' small size, uh, having Javale McGee and Anthony Davis on the court, the two big men, and they really uh, took advantage of uh, having those big men on their floor while you know themselves having five small guards. Um, that can completely just, you know, move around them, get away, and really just get easy shots. Uh, But, you know, game one, they were able to get, you know, the the Lakers messed up. They really weren't, you know, firing on all cylinders. And then ever since game, you know, one, the Lakers really have fired back. They've changed their lineup. They've, you know, recognized what they need to do to stop Houston. And really... As, really, as far as I can see right now, the Lakers are really the only team that actually, you know, know how to adjust to the Rockets' skill sets. Uh, in the OKC series, they didn't really change anything. They kept their big man. They kept their one big man on the floor. They didn't go small, you know, to experiment at all. Um, primarily, I think because Stephen Adams was probably one of their best defenders, and really taking him out, you know, you don't really know who to go to next. Um, but nevertheless, you can't really blame Steven Adams for them losing that series because even with Steven, I don't think, um, I don't think he's the reason why they lost. I think it was just pure, uh, just getting, just getting unlucky. I think it was just an unlucky, uh, loss for them. I really do think that whether Steven Adams was playing or not, they still could have won that series. It, again, it went down to a game seven for a reason. Um, and, and really, the Lakers going small was probably the best thing they've done against this Rockets uh, team. Uh, switching out McGee and putting Markeith Morris at the five. Well, not at the five, at the four, actually. Really uh, made a huge difference. Um, because they put Anthony Davis at the five, so he was playing center. Um, and Anthony Davis doesn't really hurt uh, the, even though that he is a big man, he's a much more athletic and much more faster big man. He's not like JaVale or Dwight Howard, who are kind of huge trees that are slow. Because for one, Anthony Davis is only 26 years old compared to Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. They're getting up there in age. So really, and that's the one main factor. They really they really don't hurt the Lakers in terms of their pace. Uh, well, Anthony Davis doesn't, at least. Both of them kind of do. Uh, really, as far as I can see... Uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are not going to get any more minutes in this series. Uh, they're basically just going to be bench warmers. Not saying that they that they're not good players, 
they definitely do have their uses, and they are a huge reason why uh, the Lakers' defense is as dominant as it is. But in terms of this series, uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale really don't benefit the Lakers at all. So they're really just going to avoid putting them in the game unless, you know, they're, they're blowing them out and it's, you know, two minutes left in the game. You know, then fine. You might put them in just to, you know, give them, just let them play. But, and, you know, at that point, they won the game. It doesn't matter. Um, but next series, uh, def- but in the in next series against Kawhi, they're definitely going to have bigs um, in their lineup. Uh, they're definitely going to have JaVale and Dwight Howard in their lineup simply because of the fact that they need those trees. Uh, they're going to have Kawhi. Uh, they need somebody to help guard Kawhi in the post. They have a center. They have centers. They need uh, somebody to guard Zubats in the uh, in the post. They need somebody to guard Harrell. Even though Harrell is an undersized center, uh, he's still very strong. He still can post you up. So they're going to need some big man to guard him. Uh, or you could put LeBron or AD on him. AD will really put good defense on him. But they're going to need two bigs. A two big lineup against the Clippers will be very good. And the reason why I'm saying the Clippers is because Denver. Uh, and the Clippers are really, as a matter of fact, they're about to play in just a little bit at, at my time right now. Uh, they're about to start their match. So Clippers, I have them winning that series, and I have the Lakers winning. So they're they're going to get to the Western Conference Finals. I kind of figured that um, it was a really favorable matchup, and everyone expects for the two teams uh, in L.A. to go face off and see who's going to get to the finals. But, you know, back to Houston – you know, my, my main really question is, what the hell were they doing? I mean, you're, you're going into a game four, you're down 2-1, and you completely change up your offense. Um, and for what? I mean, you what you were doing was working fine. You know, going for the three, you know, you were what you were guys were doing was working fine. You just guys just got unlucky. Like, it's not like the what you were doing was not working. It was working. You just got unlucky. So why would change it? Why change up the offense? You know, they barely took any threes. This is a team that in the first uh, round against OKC, they took on average 51 threes a game. And in the first half alone, they only took 13. And that's just, and they didn't even make, you know, most of them, they only made four out of their 13 threes that were attempted, uh, which is just stupidly bad. Um, and really, the only person really actually hitting threes, you know, at least somewhat, was Eric Gordon. The the one person that was actually hitting threes on the dime was Ben McLemore, you know, coming off the bench, a 3 and D player. Uh, and then that's really another topic that I really have to talk about is that, you know, when you change up your offense and you're forcing your, your 3 and D players, the guys that are not really supposed to be creating their own shots because that's not how they play – when you're forcing those guys to actually go and post up in the paint and try to get their own shots, uh, try to handle the ball as much as possible, you know, even though that's not their skill set and that's not what they're best at, you're basically just setting the Rockets up for failure because that's just not how their players are run. You know, how the, how the Rockets lineup is basically set in terms of the starting lineup, you got two ball dominant guards. You got James Harden and Westbrook that both can create their own shots and create their own plays. Then you got Eric Gordon, who is a comfortable, you know, mid midway third option. You know, he can create his own shot and he also can be a three and D player as well. 
And then you got two guys who all they can do is just shoot threes and defend. They really can't do anything else. And when you're forcing both of those guys to, you know, do everything that they're supposed that the other three are supposed to be doing, it's a recipe for failure because two of them are not going to be helping you. So it's basically just three it's basically just a three on five at that point. Um and you're really just setting yourself up for failure. Uh and Again, like I said, Harden wasn't having a good night. Uh, you can't honestly really blame it all on Harden because Westbrook was doing very well and he was trying his best. I mean, I, I feel bad for Westbrook because Westbrook was trying his best and no matter what he'd be doing, uh, it just didn't work. Uh, in, the, in, the pre- in, in the previous game, in game three, you know, the Rockets had 64 points in the first half and then in game four, they held them, they held them to under... Uh, 60. They held them. They held them to 50 points. I think 50, 40. Yeah, 40 something points. The the Lakers were up 20, almost 15 points at halftime. Um, they held them to under 50 points, and this went on for a full 38 minutes. For a full 30 out of the 48 minutes, a full 38 minutes of the game, they. Oh my! Well, not 48. Sorry, uh, this is like. It's 84 minutes. Out of the full 84 minutes of the whole game, 34 of those minutes, the Lakers were just hounding them on defense. They were stealing the ball. They were dominating the board, getting the rebounds. The, the Rockets were having no no energy at all. And, you know, the one person you really have to blame for this loss is, you know, D'Antoni. I mean, Mike D'Antoni really didn't seem to really try to help change their defensive scheme or at least try to do something to adjust to what the Lakers were doing. Um, You know, but like I said, you know, switching out JaVale McGee and putting Markeith Morris at that four spot. So they are don't really, uh, so they can go a lot smaller and be able to keep track of these guys really help them out. And that really up their defense. Um, The Lakers were just dominating them. And, and again, the Rockets kept on taking threes. They didn't. They didn't make many. Uh, like I said, they only took 13 threes in the first half. That's the lowest all year that they've taken, including the regular season. That's the lowest they've taken all year. Um, you know, and they were missing out on easy points. There were multiple times to where um, a Rockets player could easily grab that offensive rebound, but instead they just stand there. And they just wait for that ball to come down. They don't make an initiative to jump up to try to grab it or tip it off somewhere. They just stand there and wait for it to come down. And that's when LeBron or AD just jump over them, grab it, and then run. <laughs> like they don't, they don't, they didn't really seem to make an effort to try to get to the ball. Um, it, it's almost, it's almost like, uh, you know, they they. They didn't really even get blown out. They didn't get knocked out completely, and they just like had no chance at all. The game was winnable off the start, and you know, in the early stages of the game, it was winnable. But it, you know, it's almost like they just got slapped on the wrist, and then they were just like, "Well, well, we give up. You know, let's go to game five. What? Like, what are you guys doing?" Um, and I say that, and our reason, why, the reason why I say that they, they just straight up looks like they gave up is because of the fact that they changed their complete offensive scheme in a way that didn't really benefit them at all, and they were setting up their players to fail, at least most of their players, because they don't really have that many ball dominant guards. I mean, you know, besides um, Eric Gordon, uh, 
uh, Westbrook and Harden, everyone else is not a ball-dominant guard. They can't create their own shots, and they're just forcing these guys to go out of their own comfort zones, and that's really hurting them. And, you know, and a lot of people are saying, well, they don't have Daniel House. Daniel House is not the reason why they're losing this game. Yes, he does contribute the threes, and yes, he does play good defense, but losing Daniel House does not mean, okay, guys, let's give up, let's wait for game five, or let's, you know, hope he comes back and let's win this. No. You're down 2-1 in a series against LeBron and AD, and you, in, in the first three games, you had competitive fire, and you were going false to the walls to try to get these wins. And then in game four, you just took all that and threw it away. You didn't try. You didn't really seem to have the energy to do anything. It's not because you were tired, because you were rested. It's not like you had to go through a whole Game 7 series and then the very next day start another one. It's not like you were tired. You were ready for them. You knew that they were going to end up changing their lineup to fit you because that's what they did in Game 3. And especially in Game 2, they changed their lineup. They didn't change it off the start. But as the game went on, they decided to just completely get rid of their bigs besides Anthony Davis, and just put in all their smaller guys and go small. And they did that for Game 2, they did that for Game 3, and then in Game 4, they actually just just said, you know, fuck it to the bigs all through in the beginning, and they just decided to go small the entire game. So, they're not, the D'Antoni is not really being smart, he's not, you know, he's not like Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is the one main reason why the Lakers are going to win this series is because he pays attention. He pays attention to how the Rockets play. He knows their strats. He knows D'Antoni's system. So he's going to do everything he can to counter everything he does. And what does he do? He likes to go small. When you guys go big, you hurt your pace, and you're not able to keep up with these guys. What do you do? You go small. You put smaller guys out on the field or on the court. I don't know. I was thinking football for a second. You put them out on the court. You leave JaVale and Dwight Howard on the bench. They hurt your pace. They're not useful for you in this game. And then you let everyone else do the rest. And on top of that, that makes your defense even better because you've got smaller guys on there that can get to the basketball a lot quicker. They can guard uh, Westbrook and Harden a lot better because they're faster, more agile. And another thing really about guarding James Harden uh, is that they – Every single time, uh, you know, they double Harden because that's what they've been doing pretty much all series, and that's why he really hasn't been the biggest factor. Um, he had a pretty good game. He had, you know, a, maybe a couple of decent games, but he wasn't a big factor in this whole series at all. He wasn't dropping 30 points a game and being the dominant James Harden that we all know and love. You know, they were doubling him every single time, and... Every single time he they were doing that, which they were doing that all series, so it's not like it was new to them. They knew they were going to be doing it because they do the same thing every game. The, the Rockets are almost like a deer, you know, in front of headlight deer in headlights. They just kind of stare at Harden and they just look at him being double teamed. And they, and you know, at that point, once Harden's double teamed, he's not going to do anything. He's forced to throw the ball away, and he throws the ball to somebody else. And then they get double teamed. He throws the ball to somebody else, and so forth and so forth. These guys are just absolutely dominating the defense on the three point line, and they're just not allowing them to get open looks. And they're forcing everybody to try to get to the paint. And then that's where their defense really stops them because they got Anthony Davis there, who was, you know, top three in defensive player of the year voting. Um, 
They got him sitting there blocking the paint. They got LeBron James turning back the clock, you know, 10 years ago and blocking five and getting five blocks in game three. And that's or game. Yeah. In game three. And that's just ridiculous. Uh, being able to get five blocks like, oh, what? Like, that's just absolutely insane that you do that at that age. Like, come on. This. LeBron James's body, his body should be shutting down by now. They, like, no normal human being should be able to play at a high level like this at 35 years old. I mean, this guy is just a freak of nature. Uh, you know, and a lot of people wish they could be like this guy. Um, the Rockets are a disaster. I mean, they, they were just a huge disappointment, and it's over for them. I mean, in, in game, you know, in game four, yeah, they they did keep it interesting late in the fourth quarter. They did come back. They were down 22 uh, points. You know, by the third quarter, they were down 22 points. They came back, and then you know they only lost by 10 at the end, 110 to 100. So they came back. Uh, and you know, LeBron said himself, they need to be better at closing out games and not getting in the foul trouble, and you know, allowing them to score points with the clock stopped. You know, and that's what really fueled them and gave them energy to come back. But by then, it was just too late. Like, where was all that energy during the whole game? Like, you, you completely just did not have um, the mental mindset that you were ready for this game. And then all of a sudden, late in the fourth quarter, you decide to turn that on. And where does it get you? It gets you nowhere. You're just still lost. This. You know, again, you can't really, I mean, you can put some blame on Harden, but at the end of the night, it's not really James Harden's fault that they lost because yes, he did struggle, but he was doing his job. He was trying to do his job and he just kept on getting double teamed and he wasn't really getting help. And Dan Tony wasn't really helping him because he wasn't really changing up their offensive, uh, you know, maybe not just their, not like the whole offense in general, because of course they still want to be able to play their three point game like they always do. And go small, and they can't really go big because they don't have a big man. Well, they do, Tyson Chandler, but he's he's a bench warmer, and he's probably going to retire after this year or maybe the next year because he's been in the league for a while. And I think his prime years are already gone. Uh, you know, we're not going to see prime Ch- uh, Tyson Chandler, you know, ever again. Um, but the D'Antoni really didn't help Harden out. He didn't really, uh, you know, come up with a strategy to get rid of that double team. He didn't do anything for Harden. He just, and and then the other thing that really just made it, you know, easier for the Lakers to guard him was that they just kept on putting Harden at the point guard position and they kept on just having him drive the ball out, give the ball to Westbrook, give the ball to somebody else. Like why is Harden the only one being the ball dominant guard right off the start of the possession? Like if you know that he's going to get double, give it to Westbrook, someone that they're not really double teaming because they want Westbrook to take shots because he's not the best shooter. So they want Westbrook to take shots. They don't want to double team him because then that leaves Harden open. So, you know, why give it to Westbrook. They're not dominating him. They're not trying to dominate him. And in all, in reality, they would rather Westbrook kill them at points in terms of points. They'd rather Westbrook completely dominate them than Harden because Harden can get hot really quickly. Westbrook takes time to get hot. And even when he is hot, you know, if it's just only him, he can't win it by himself. He proved it when he was in OKC and Kevin Durant left. He didn't do very well afterwards and they got Paul George, but, you know, they got knocked out in the first round twice. 
So it's already proven that Westbrook is just not a good player by himself. So if you just double-team Harden and completely just not care about Westbrook at all, yeah, he'll get them points. You know, from time to time, he'll get you some points and he'll dominate, you know, for stretches of the game. But he's not going to be able to win the game by himself. So, so, you know, it's just kind of weird that they're just allowing James Harden to constantly have the ball in his hands when the Rockets know and he knows that he's going to get double teamed every single time. And he's going to be forced to throw the ball away, forcing other players who don't play you know, how Harden does to take those, you know, really contested in the paint shots that they're not good at taking. And that really makes your chemistry of your team bad. And it just sets up your whole team for failure. And that's what they did in game four. And they did this only in game four, you know, in, in games one through three, when they were doubling Harden, they were actually able to combat this by making Westbrook the ball dominant guard instead of Harden. But they, they, instead, they just completely gave up that whole system, and then they just, you know, let James Harden do his thing. And, of course, the Lakers took advantage of that, and D'Antoni didn't change it or didn't try to do anything to stop it. So they gave up. They really gave up. They gave up everything that was going well for them and just let the Lakers dominate them. It's pretty simple. You know, you can, you know, if you're, and if you're a Rockets fan, you could say, no, they were, they just had an off night. They didn't have an off night because then if they had an off night, then you basically could say they had three off nights in a row, even though that in games two and three, both those games were very winnable and they didn't change their offensive system like they did, like how they were doing in all three of those games and all three of those games, games one through three. They didn't change their offensive system at all. They were doing the exact same thing that they did all season long. And they almost won two of those games. But in the fourth game, they completely change everything and lose. I, I think that sounds like they just gave up. All in all, Houston is done for. They're not going to win this series. Uh, you know, we've seen teams come back from being down 3-1. But, you know, in your mind, when you're an NBA player and your team is down 3-1, in your mind, the series is over. You know, and we've seen it happen. We've seen teams come back. But it's a lot harder than you think because, you know, coming back from being down 3-1 doesn't mean, you know, offensively being better and getting points and trying to outscore the other team. That doesn't, that's not the only thing that contributes to you winning a basketball game. You need to know the strategies of how the other team is playing. You need to be able to adjust your lineup to their skill set, and you need to just be able to counter everything that the other team stands for. You need to know everything. You need to know their system. You need to know, um, how really you should specifically defend certain players depending on their skill set. So it goes, there's a lot more other things, you know, to take into account. It's not just outscore the other team. No, it's not just like that because yeah, you can have a shooting battle all game, but the team that doesn't really know how to really operate against the other team, you know, the team that just has more knowledge of how the other team plays and how their players are, what's their skill set, you know, all of the little things. They will win that game, even if it's, you know, a evenly matched in terms of scoring. It's the little things that really make the difference in winning a basketball game. And unless, 
D'Antoni decides to change what he did and go back to what they were doing or come up with something completely different that, you know, can actually benefit them, they're not going to win. It's just really simple as that. 